This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling services. All right, Daryl, we are one day away from that big, big, big win over Jacksonville. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the fallout from the game. What, what, what are we talking about on the morning after, much like the Poseidon adventure? Although this wasn't the Poseidon adventure. This was something spectacular. It was more fun. Yeah, except for, uh, unfortunately, the Browns lost yet another player uh, to, for the season. Dewan Jones uh, suffered a knee injury during practice last Thursday. Uh, he's going to require surgery, so uh, he is done for the year, and you can add him now to a very lengthy list. I don't know. Do we have time on this podcast to read off the names of the dearly departed for the 2023 NFL season? Should we do that like the award shows, like at the end of the show and play sappy music? In in memoriam? Yeah, but they're not in, dead, so I didn't want to say well, that. Well, in, in memoriam 2023, we'll see you next year. Here's yeah, see you next year. That's better for me. I mean, it, 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 so, um, you know, Wyatt Teller talked about uh, how he's, you know, really, you know, confident in James Hudson uh, being able to step in. And and so now they're on their third right tackle uh, because remember Jack Conklin, they lost him in week one. Uh, Jedrick Wills is still on injured reserve. Um, and, you know, we'll get an update maybe later this week as far as where he's at injury wise. But yeah, just a, it, another Monday and another player that they lost for the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'd be remiss if, if we didn't uh, acknowledge just the vast development that Jones made in such a short amount of time from rookie minicamp all the way up to training camp and then being basically thrown into the fire and, and quite frankly, being, I would argue, the best offensive lineman of this rookie class. Uh, um, hmm. I think he's been that good for the Browns. So this is a big loss. I mean, he he's a big boy, <laughs> you know what I mean? But this really is a, a big loss, no pun intended, 
uh, for this offensive line. So let me ask you this. Is this a chance for Justin Murray, the tackle from Cincinnati, who's been sitting on the practice squad, or even Alex Leatherwood to have the opportunity to step up the former first-round pick? Well, uh, Leatherwood's had some, I mean, there's been some times where we're like, oh, yeah, they're going to go with Alex Leatherwood, and then they don't go with Alex Leatherwood. So uh, not really like sure. the media is saying that, or you're getting that feeling from the Browns? No, we've been saying it for okay. weeks, right? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know it's <clears> Alex, and there's been no movement. They've elevated other uh, other offensive linemen from the practice squad and not him. So I, I would say that no, Leatherwood would not be a consideration that they would have other linemen in front of them, but just because that's how they've operated this year. Right. right. Uh, when, when it comes, but it to- is next man up, right. Is I hear that every practice. Well, you have to hear it because that's literally what it's been. I mean, think about what they've lost this year, Andy. They've lost Jakeem Grant, their primary returner. They lost Conklin. We mentioned him in the first play of the last exhibition game, right? Yeah, Nick Chubb, Jacob Phillips, uh, Rodney McLeod, Deshaun Watson for the season. Uh, they get, they're waiting to find out what's going on with Grant Delpit after uh, he suffered a, a groin injury uh, against the Jaguars. He also signed a three-year, $36 million contract extension, so good for him. Uh, and a good job by Andrew Berry keeping one of his uh, draft picks, 2020 second-round pick keeping him around um, Juan Thornhill's dealing with a calf injury. Uh, they're, they're waiting for more information uh, there as well. Denzel Ward, Kevin Stefanski says there's no setback there, even though we were all expecting him to play um, against Jacksonville on Sunday. Uh, Denzel spoke in a manner in which we, <laughs> you thought he was going to return and play uh, teammates spoke in a tone in which you thought he was going to return and play. Jim Schwartz spoke in a tone in which he thought he was going to return and play like everyone did. And then just boom, out of the middle of nowhere, Denzel Ward is not going to be available. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's been a season of injuries yet. Here we are on uh, December 11th and the Cleveland Browns are the second team in the AFC North behind the Baltimore Ravens sitting at eight and five. I like it. Let me just go through that list too. Would you and tell me if I'm forgetting anybody? Jacob Phillips, Jed Wills, Dawson Deaton, Nick Chubb, Jakeem Grant, Jack Conklin, Rodney McLeod, Drew Forbes for a non-football injury. Uh, is it and and Siki uh, or Titan Siki? Right. Sounds good um, to me. <laughs> yeah, and then Michael Woods a second uh, suspension. Right. So, and Deshaun. I mean, I, I didn't bring up Deshaun. Well, Jed's coming back, so we can't include him. He's Jed. Jed Wills is supposed to be coming back, right? Oh, that's right. He's on the short deal, uh, or at least well, the, the no new short kind. Deal, of. Just they they can designate. But short deal compared to what it used to be. You know, some of us right. old timers like yourself so, remember when you hit the IR, you were done. Yeah. So what it is is, you, I think it's eight. You're you're allowed eight returns from IR in a given season, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, you go on injured reserve as long as it's uh, after the initial 53 man roster is set that you can, you know, be designated to return after four weeks. And again, I believe the limit on that is you're allowed up to, to eight players. Um, unfortunately the Browns have like eight guys that aren't going to be able to return yeah. uh, from injury reserve. And, and that's the tough thing. So yeah, it's, you know, another, another victory Monday soiled by the, the specter of uh, another season ending injury. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it was weird when he came out for the press conference today. I mean, just the 
the tone right there was just I was I'm, I mean I'm I'm bummed for him aren't you I mean you know you said it before you're talking about you know an offensive lineman that really 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 worked hard to where he was going and he just excelled when he got out there and then you also wonder if his future isn't at left tackle somewhere down the road Dewan Jones yeah um remains to be seen uh, remember Jedrick Wills has the option for next year. So Jed will be the left tackle next year. So he's got at least one more year at right tackle. If he's needed at that particular position, remember they just extended Jack Conklin too. So. All right, let's uh, stop with the depression here. Let's talk a little bit uh, about the playoffs. And I also want to get back into the conversation about Joe Flacco. Um, let, let's talk Joe just for a second. What, give me your assessment of him in the second game. In this second game, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, you know, going back to watching the game uh, Monday morning, um, I, I mean, give Kevin Stefanski a little kudos for uh, the, the the play calling and the creativity and the aggressiveness and all that. Um, you know, really can't fault Joe for the interception. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, Tillman got run over in a pick play, right? <laughs> I oh, mean, reindeer. It, it happens. Um, there is some argument maybe Joe should have gone out of you know outside to Omari Cooper on that particular play, but that's not what the, how that play was designed. It was designed to be a quick slant to Cedric Tillman, and Tillman uh, ran <laughs> ran into a defender. Boom, right there, and uh, unfortunately Joe Joe threw to the spot that he was supposed to, and uh, it looked like he was passing it right to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you know that kind of thing happens, um, but no, I I think Flacco's been fantastic. Um, uh, five touchdowns in, in two games. Um, uh, we've had quarterbacks that don't throw five touchdowns in a season, let alone two games here in Cleveland. So, um, and the thing that really struck me, um, the, the Browns social team after every game, they, they, or I should say after every win, they put out Kevin's victory speech to the locker room. Right. And, um, and let's just put it this way. Kevin doesn't exactly inspire you to want to run through a brick wall when you listen to those. But um, when Joe spoke after uh, Sunday's game, when he basically said, hey, you guys have earned the right to be here, basically acknowledging, obviously, that uh, he uh, wasn't, uh, you know, is a newcomer to the team. Uh, and Wait a minute. Know, doesn't that go against one game, one season? Well, in any event, um, I'm just saying, just saying. I, you know, and he, you know, mentioned how he feels like he's 10 years, he's a 10 year old kid again, and uh, is appreciative that they, you know, are having him, you know, tag along here, but he's not tagging along. I, I mean, he is going to be in he's driving. He, well, he's, yeah, he's going to be one of the ones driving the bus. He's either going to drive him over the bridge or into the ditch like that. That's just the reality of, uh, the situation. Uh, and uh, I still maintain Andy that I think that Sunday's win over Jacksonville uh, gives you the confidence. If you're a Browns fan, if you're somebody in that locker room, if you're on the coaching staff, if you're in the front office, you have the belief that this guy can help you win football games, that he's not here to manage, that he's not here to play it safe, right? Uh, he can help win football games and for those that want to you know question the legitimacy of the browns being eight and five i i just don't know what you're smoking 
Um, they have beaten the Steelers this year. Uh, they have beaten the Colts this year. Uh, as of this conversation right now, both of those teams would be in the playoffs. Uh, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are currently leading the AFC South. Um, they have, uh, you know, um, you know, they've got Houston on the on the docket still. They beat the San Francisco 49ers this year. They the this isn't one of those things where you look at the Brown schedule and you look at their record and you say, Well, who have they played? Who have they beaten? The Browns have played some folks and they have beaten some folks. And considering everything that they have gone through from an injury perspective. They deserve a hell of a lot of credit for being in the position that they're in. And now Joe Flacco is going to be the guy that's going to be counted on to help carry them, not just across the finish line and into the postseason, but to help them advance in the postseason. He's Darrell Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. We'll come back. I want to continue on with our Joe Flacco conversation, and I'm going to give you the percentages. Oh, I love those percentages. It is always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Darrell Ryder. I am Andy Baskin, and we are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier Heating and cooling teammates. All right, Daryl, you have something for us too, don't you? Yes, you know that little mobile sports betting thing that's going on these days in the state I of Ohio. I heard it's popular. Bet yeah, yes. well, BetQL's here to help you make the most informed bets possible. Get all of today's winners. Head to BetQL.com. Download the BetQL app where you can claim a free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for all of those fabulous exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, um, percentages or continue on with the Flacco drama? Tiny Flacco drama. Oh, by the way, I, I forgot to mention, they also beat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah, what were you thinking? Yeah, Come so. on, man. You're better than that. Again, uh, so let's let, let's tally that they've got eight wins, right? So quality right. wins, Ravens, Jaguars, Steelers, Colts, 49ers. That's five. Uh, you know, um, Cincinnati's in the hunt, so I guess you got to – that's six. Sure. So that's six of the eight games that they've won, you could say, against quality teams. Tennessee can't really count them. They're not really that good this year. Oh, good at the time, and, though. And, and Arizona. But, like, so six of – you could argue, Andy, six of the Browns' eight wins are quality wins this year because they are uh, teams that are in the playoffs. Yeah, and when the bowl championship series looks at that, they're going to have to put them in the playoffs after that. It doesn't even matter if they play, right? You would hope so. But think about that for a second. <laughs> Six of the eight wins minus your, well, now down two starting right tackles, uh, starting running back, uh, quarterback, uh, key. Partridge in a pear tree. Safety, it's, it's unbelievable. And that, and that doesn't include the guys that are bouncing in and out of this lineup week to week. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it is amazing what they're doing. It is. Now, you want to play the percentage game? Want to do that? Sure. All right. I love the percentage game, so let's talk about the percentage game because this is what makes the things fun. With four games to go, according to the NewYorkTimes.com interactive site, uh, the Browns' chances of making the playoffs or how they can make the playoffs are 86%. 
and the like the likeliest playoff positions are two percent probability of a bye week, nine percent chance they host a wild card game, seventy-five uh, percent chance they are a wild card, and fourteen percent off. But let's see what happens if they beat the Bears. How does that change things? Well, it's very easy. It puts them up to 91%, still with a 2% chance of a bye week, a 15% of hosting a wild card game, 74% chance of making the wild card, and a 9% chance of being out. Let's keep rallying. Let's say they keep it going and beat the Texans after that. After beating the Bears, it is a 99% chance that they will make the playoffs, 24% chance they host a wild card game, 73% chance for the wild card. After they beat the Jets, that's what I'm saying on this one. It's still more than it's a hundred percent chance they'll make the playoffs on that. 28% on a wild card, 67%. Uh, sorry, 28% they'll host a wild card, 67% uh, they will uh be a wild card team. And if they run the table and win all four games, obviously a hundred percent they are in the playoffs, 50% to host a wild card, 42% to just be a wild card. So 8% to have a bye week. How did you like them apples? I could do the losses, but I don't want to. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. The only way the Browns are going to host on wildcard weekend is they come back and win the AFC North. Yeah. I and mean, that's the only way. To host. Yep. Right now with uh, Baltimore, a full two games in front, that seems unlikely that that's going to happen. But uh, right now, uh, if the playoffs were to begin, as we have this conversation right now, guess what? If you haven't had enough of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I've got some news for you because the rematch in Jacksonville, Florida will be happening. The fifth-seeded Cleveland Browns and the fourth-seeded Jaguars of Duval County, Florida. Duval. Super Bowl or Super Wild Card Weekend. That's what we're looking at right now. So Super. And hopefully they play it in less than six hours. Yeah, that was the longest game in the history of games yesterday. Um, Daryl, let, let me get into this Joe Flacco story because they put him back on the practice squad. Now, by the well, time they, you listen okay, to this. I have to pause you there. Okay. He wasn't put back on the practice squad. Oh, he's always been on the practice. He's, he's always been on the practice squad, and he has been a game day elevation. Uh, once okay. the game is over, he reverts back to the practice squad. So that is put, taken off the practice squad and bumped and, up. No, he's reverts automatically back to the practice squad. So then is yesterday the greatest victory for a practice squad quarterback in the history of the NFL? Probably. I don't know of any others that I care about. So, so what explain this to anybody that might be a little confused and why this became such a sticky subject today? Yeah. So um, the Browns, first of all, what they're doing is they're managing the 53 man roster. Okay. Mm -hmm. The, Joe Flacco is the 54th on the 53, but he's on the practice squad. They're they're basically using the practice squad here for a few weeks. They can keep him on the practice squad this week, elevate him again next week. Then the, or I should say next Sunday, then next week they have to sign him to the 53 to allow him to continue to play. You get three practice squad elevations. Okay. Uh, and so he's got one more. You automatically revert back to your practice squad. Now, after next week, after next Sunday's game against Chicago, he automatically reverts back to the practice squad. The only way he could be played in a game again is if he is signed back to is signed on to the 53-man roster. Okay. So mm -hmm. this is some this is basically some roster manipulation being done by Andrew Barry. 
That's number one. Number two, uh, a team can't just claim Joe Flacco off the practice squad. That's not how this works, okay? Okay. Um, He has to be signed off the practice squad to a 53, and he has to agree, right? He has to Mm -hmm. sign with said team. That's not going to happen, okay? Uh, First of all, the Browns are the only team that's called him this year, okay? Uh, Secondly, he's pretty happy here all of a sudden, all right? He's not going anywhere. It's it's procedural nonsense. Um, but the but reason- in the land, hang on, let me just bring this up. We live in the land that Carlos Boozer tricked a blind man. I, I okay? know. I'm getting so. I, and when Browns fans get leery that there could be an escape clause for Joe Flacco, I think you have to respect it and you have to answer it and just you know calm the nerves on this. Yeah, and Kevin Stefanski went the don't worry about it route. Right which I'm not going to lie. I didn't exactly appreciate that answer. <laughs> that was a bit of a D answer. Let's be honest about it. Um, so, and so um, the reason this thing became a thing is because the national NFL insiders brought it up on social media after Joe Flacco's spectacular performance against Jacksonville. He's back on the Browns practice squad and considering how short the quarterback situation is around the NFL, somebody could swoop in and sign Joe Flacco. So that's why this became a thing on Monday. Now, well, wait, but Daryl, you asked the question. That makes you the bad guy. Right. So that I saw that, and that's why I asked Kevin Stefanski about it, because, like, it, I get it. I understand it. But it's important for them to answer the questions, to calm people down. And and Kevin, I look, all I can do is ask the question. I can't control the responses to the questions. And, you know, I asked Kevin, hey, you know, what is the plan to put Joe Flacco on the the 53-man roster? And And you even preface it by saying, I know know this is an Andrew Barry question. But look, Andrew Barry doesn't do press conferences right now, okay? So um, that being said, since Andrew Barry doesn't do press conferences right now, well, you're the de facto spokesman of the team. And uh, Stefanski's uh, response was, I'd say, don't worry about it. And so I followed up with, well, why do you say that? And Stefanski then said, quote, because it'll all work out. I wouldn't be hung up on this one. End quote. Again, all I can do is ask the question. I can't control the response. Now, the correct response from Kevin should have been, it's nothing to worry about. We understand why the questions are, you know. That's Andrew Barry's territory. He's the one that's in charge of how the roster is manipulated. But, you know, this is going to, this situation will be uh, taken care of sooner rather than later. And there's it's logistics, there. right? right? It's that it's easily. Exactly. Just, you know what, Daryl? Great question. Right. I understand why it might look this way, but it's just logistics and right. nobody has anything to worry about. A hundred percent. Right. It's all he had to say. Right. All right. right. It, Kevin didn't want to say it. And then I made the fatal mistake of jumping on X and making the Carlos Boozer joke. Ah, and uh it, yeah and i just basically Gordon said you know hey you know carlos boozer convinced the you know gordon gunn that you know everything was going to be okay it'll work itself out and then it didn't and then i put in parentheses i'm just kidding but seriously and people just jumped all over me for that and accused me of stirring the pot and creating drama that doesn't need to that doesn't exist and how I need to have a class and how the practice squad works. No, I don't need to have a class and how the practice squad works. I, I understand how it works. 
I have to ask the coach the question because the national folks threw the stuff against the wall. So I wanted to give Kevin, who's the de facto spokesperson of the team, and to the fans, the opportunity to calm everyone down. Which So wait, you're saying that the Utah Utes aren't going to come swoop him up? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he has any college ed- eligibility remaining, so I don't know that he's going to He's got that silly-looking Michigan helmet at home, though, that they wear at Delaware, don't they? Uh, oh, Tubby Raymond. Oh, Tubby Raymond. Oh, yeah, so the, in summary, there's, there's there really is nothing to worry about. Uh, I don't feel Joe Flacco's in the risk of, uh, risk of leaving the Cleveland Browns, um, but the questions do need to be asked because procedure still needs to be done. Paperwork still needs to be signed. He needs to be put on the 53. We'll see if they use DeWan Jones's 53-man roster spot when they put him on injured reserve this week. If they use that as the, the mechanism, they will have to you know make room for him. And then the other thing, too, is they got to fill DeWan Jones's spot, too, uh, as far as you know backup lineman goes. They've got to reinforce that. Now, they could get away with uh, at least temporarily sticking with practice squad elevations for that particular position on game day for backups. But yeah, I mean, look, when stuff and this is kind of the byproduct of of the uh the world we live in now. When the the national people are stirring the pot uh and they get to stir it because they don't really have to deal, you know, Adam Schefter literally just looks down at his phone and regurgitates on social media whatever he's texted. Like that that's what Adam Schefter does all day for 24 hours a day. God bless him. Um, I don't know if I could stare at my phone for 24 hours a day and, and copy paste every text I get, uh, from a player, agent, coach, or GM or, or whatever. Um, but you know, when Pete, when the national guys toss stuff out and they don't have to ask the, the, you know, the questions in press conference form to the the coaches or the, the folks here, well, sometimes we get the shrapnel. And like I said, I have to take responsibility for being dumb enough to think I could make a joke on social media. So <laughs> without, being taken seriously and that I'm stirring the pot and creating drama that doesn't exist. All right, Daryl. Um, speaking of drama, a couple guys speaking out, especially Patrick Mahomes and uh, probably, I don't know, one of the best defensive guys in the league that plays for the Browns talking about referees. We'll get to that next. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day. Cleveland's talk referees. And again, we are brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. So, Daryl, um, uh, fines will probably be coming out later this week. Patrick Mahomes, it'll be interesting to see how he's fined because of his criticism of the officials, which was caught on tape when he was shaking hands. And then I don't know. Did he kill him in the press conference afterwards? I can't remember. Andy Reid did. Andy <laughs> the official so and here's really- the thing the 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 uh review of that particular play yes it sucks one of the greatest plays you'll ever see got wiped out because of penalty but here's an idea hey dumbass line up on sides like it's not hard look where the ball is look where your feet are point to the official and don't always rely on the official to tell you how to do your job Like assignment, any former player, any even current player, they'll stress two words and they both start with a assignment and alignment. Like those two things will drive any coach 
out of their mind when you don't get those things right. Because like, that's the two easiest parts of your job. Know where you're supposed to line up and do your assignment. I, I, so I don't have any sympathy for the Chiefs. I don't have any sympathy for Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes. Line up the way you're supposed to line up. Don't be pissed because the officials are enforcing the rules. Now, conversely, the guy that should be mad was mad and expressed his displeasure on Sunday. It's Miles Garrett because the officials are not enforcing the rules. He's getting his face mask manipulated. He's getting his head twisted and turned while that face mask is being manipulated. He's being put in chokeholds by tackles and guards and fullbacks and tight ends. Uh, he's being uh, held just about on every play, but because he's so good and dominant, the officials are like, you can play through the contact. To me, the Chiefs don't have a complaint in the world. They've got None. They've gotten plenty of calls in their favor over the year. Oh, Although the week before they, they did get, they got roaded twice. A certain, oh, by the way, the dude that threw a punch got fined less for throwing a punch than David Njoku got fined for an unnecessary roughness foul. Like, so come on. Like throwing a punch is $4,000 less than just committing a, 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 a foul on the field. Get out of here. But that's what happened. That's so the- I'm wondering. I'm wondering if uh, Miles is going to get twenty five thousand on. He's this. He's going to get nailed. He's going to get nailed good because. See, but it's weird because Deontay Johnson oh, was back. complaining about the referees uh, against Jacksonville earlier this year, and he's straight out like, "Well, I guess the refs are on the take for this one." Basically, he, you know, he accused. Hang on, let me find the exact quote because I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, misread that. So, hang on, give me one second. I'll find it. Uh, Type, 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 type quickly. Google, google.com. Here you go. (laughs) But look, Garrett has a point. He has a, he has a legitimate complaint because this is happening every week to him in games. And guess what? I would publish the photos of Garrett being held that are taken by the wire services that we use. The, the, our, our, our station is licensed for. We have two, mm-hmm. two photo uh, wire services for photographs. And on a weekly basis, I, I could probably publish at least four pictures a week of him being held. There's, sure. one, there's one photo, and again, it's, it's a licensing thing. That's why I'm not, I, can't, I can't publish them on my... Uh, on my platforms because the lawyers ruin all the fun and yes, they do. I I, I can be sued for copyright infringement. So that's why it becomes public domain in some way, but I don't know that. That's why like when I publish the, the practice video, it's muted because well, they're playing music and God, if there's a little background music in a video, all of a sudden you're stealing somebody's uh, artistic performance. So, um, and, and, you know, so there's legal reasons why I do my job the way I do, uh, in, in some respects, but there was one picture from the Bronco game where the, this Garrett was like being held like this by his neck guy had his arm around literally choking Garrett as he's trying to hold him back. And there's a, you're ball. like the guy doing the fake makeout in happy days. Did you ever see that? No, I, uh, I missed, I missed that. 
like like he's making out with a girl in the beginning. Do you want me to show you what it looked like? Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to do a Manti Teo situation here. I was no, just trying no, to demonstrate no. what the what the this is anyone that's ever seen Happy Days knows exactly what it looked like. Are you the Fonz in this situation, by the way? <laughs> that's really disturbing. That you, you you've did never that. seen that before. I, I have, and you did that way too well. <laughs> it seems like you've had a lot of practice doing that. Andy. No, when we were kids, we used to joke around and do it all because that all we had was happy days. We only had three channels. But you're right. Let me hang on. Let me read this because I want to make sure I, I have the facts straight. CBS News put this out. When Deontay Johnson got fined $25,000 after the Jaguars lost, here's what he said. They was calling some stupid stuff. This is, again, this is from CBSnews.com. They should get fined for calling bad, making worse, terrible calls, and stuff like that. That's how mad I am. I Mad is another word, but I'm not going right, to use it. Right, right. You're, they you're, cost you're the PGA us. PGA version. Yeah, I'm giving the PG, uh, PG version. Not PGA, PG. They cost us the game. I don't care what nobody say. They cost us the game. They wanted them to win, bro, meaning the officials. Right. They was calling everything in their favor. They was getting every little call. But it is what it is. He then went on to say, I thought he said one more thing. Yep, that's what he said. Oh, yeah, again, they wanted them to win. That so I mean he straight out was calling the calling the officials out, just saying they were it was one sided and they were cheating. Right. So well, and uh I'm pulling up the Miles Garrett quotes because uh My Miles was on one last night and uh Oh, he was on fire. Fire and he was a thousand percent correct. <laughs> I mean these officials deserve the mushroom cloud he left on them. Uh, quote, the officiating was a travesty today. It was honestly awful. And the fact that they're letting them get away with hands to the face, holding, false starting. I know they called a couple, but damn, they could have called it all game. And the one cost us uh, down on the two-yard line. I mean, respect to those guys. It's a hard job, but hell, we have a hard job as well. You can't make it harder by throwing, holding, and hands to the face out the rule book. And like I said, I got a lot of respect for those guys, but we get scrutinized for the plays we don't make. So someone has to hold them accountable for plays or calls they don't make. And they need to be under the same kind of microscope. We are every single play. Then later on, he was then asked about his frustration with the officials. And he basically, he said this, this hack a shack crap got to stop. Y'all are dominant as we've seen, and we're going to let them get away with pretty much anything. It's ridiculous. You can't just let a guy put his fingers in your face mask and push your head up and grab you around the back of your collar. or He's out of position, so he's going to snatch you from the front. All that stuff we see, but we try to promote the offensive game. It's got to be called fair both ways. I don't care about any of that offense. Defense has to be held to the same standard in more ways than one. End quote. Boom. And that, my friends, is what $25,000 sounds like. Yeah. I don't know if we get $25,000. I'll be you know? honest with you. It, it, it is money. Well, because here's the thing is, and, and I'm a believer of this. Like, I really, re one of the things I do really respect about Kevin Stefanski is that he does not allow his emotions to show very often. Um, I know it doesn't make, for very entertaining press conferences for fans to listen to, but his steadiness is a big reason why this team right now is where they're at. 
and why he's the winningest coach in the expansion era and why he is on the cusp of being the only coach in the expansion era to take the Browns to the playoffs twice. And he's going to be the only coach in the expansion era to win double digit games twice. Okay. Um, so while I joke about him rarely showing any type of a personality, I, I really do respect uh, how he is able to contain his emotions because the, it, it, the easiest thing to do is to allow your emotions to get the best of you, to allow them to show and allow your frustration to show. And I, and as I say that, we all at some point have the Popeye moment where you just lose your stuff because you yep. just, you're just fed up. You're, you're just tired of holding it in. Okay. And Miles, I think, reached that point on Sunday. And he just, he, he had been trying to be very diplomatic and hold it in and that, and just, you know what? Sometimes you just get fed up and you blow your stack and you just got to let the steam out. And, you know, he tried to be respectful about it. You know, he made his point. He said, Hey, I respect they have a job to do, but so do we. And their job is to get the call right and call the game fair. And I don't feel like I'm being officiated fairly. And you know what? That happens in the NBA a lot too, where the officials get ripped publicly by players and coaches. And then you know what happens? The calls for those players and coaches suddenly get better for them. Ask LeBron. Right. Well, I wasn't going to mention any names, but yeah, LeBron, but LeBron used to get, I mean, look, LeBron used to get killed taking it to the hole every time. Yeah. Sometimes they would call something, sometimes they wouldn't, but you know, I, I used to be like, man, it seems like LeBron is whining all the time. But then when you sit there on the baseline and you see the times he got punched on the way up, you, you kind of see, wow, un he's unbelievably strong because he may have got hacked and he still delivered on the He play. gets the so, no blood, no foul treatment. Yes, you know, exactly you know, right. 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 Um, so so I totally get where Miles is coming from and in, in, in his frustration. So uh, I'm sure that. You know, at least 10 of his plays get sent into the league office every week by Kevin Stefanski and the coaching staff or the or whoever's responsible within the organization to get that feedback, you know, from the league office. And every once in a while, I get an oops, we missed it, our bad, whatever, which basically, you know, obviously it doesn't do you any good. Still isn't going to stop the fine, though. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Miles was right. There were at least 10 he, plays where. Yeah, and he Miles, so. He's 100% right. The Chiefs are wrong. The Chiefs don't have anything to bitch and complain about. Miles does. And that's just where I stand on the subject. And that's Daryl Ryder. He is a great American, just so you know that as well. That's where he stands. <laughs> Daryl, thank you <laughs> thank very you much, much, Meredith Kane. You're welcome. You're welcome. Don't tip your way. Uh, Meredith Kane, thank you for an outstanding job as our producer today. And we appreciate everyone who is watching us on YouTube and listening to us on the Odyssey app. It is always game day in Cleveland.